Welcome to Power Start Your Day with Dame Nicola Smith-Jackson, helping everyday people to build their empire and win at life, money, and business. And now, here's your lifestyle money and business coach, Dame Nicola. All right. Good morning and welcome to Power Start Your Day. It's Dame Nicole Smith Jackson. We're going to reawaken your spirit this morning, resuscitate your passion, renew your mind so you can start recommitting to the plan that God has for you. And He wants you to be successful with life, money, and business. I want you to go ahead if you're uh, here inside of our blog talk. Uh, great time to go ahead and press star one so you can come in and ask some questions as well as our friends here inside of Clubhouse. Um, you know, super important of what we're going to be discussing on today. We know that change is coming to the White House on today in America. However, um, does that really mean financial freedom for your house? I have been one that has um, survived, you know, not only survived, but thrived uh, to now very extreme downturns in the economy. And I just want to get it question answered, you know, um, is your financial house in order? I know that there may be some abrupt changes to some, um, some people's households. We already are seeing some writing on the wall. And I just want to make sure that you, family, um, know what's really happening and be prepared. So we're going to be coming out of uh, Proverbs 24 and 27, and then we're going to touch in 1 Corinthians 14 and 42. I just want you to really understand that um, preparation is key in business, in your finances, um, in your health, everything. Preparation, how you prepare for things makes a significant difference. So um, Proverbs 24, 27, it says simply, prepare your work outside. Get everything ready for yourself in the field. And after that, build your house. Now, I know a lot of people put carts before horses, and then when we have downturns in the economies, many times we are caught off guard. But 1 Corinthians 14.40 says, but all things should be done in decency and in order. Let's make sure you're in order because we have our national economy, but your personal economy is very important right now. Let's go to the Lord. Father God, we come before you. We honor you today because today is the day you've made, and we're glad we're joyous. We're here in the land of living. Heavenly Father, right now, as we're here with you, we're asking you. We're making our petitions made known. And I want to ask that everyone remove their mask because we know that your people are hurting. Have them remove their mask and be willing to ask for the help that they need. Help them reduce the, the barriers that they have about finances so that we can be prepared for the transfer of wealth that's happening now. Dear Lord, you've done everything. You've given us in your word specific instructions. But we also have been living here in the world. It has major influence on all of our decisions. Help us decrease anything that have us want to do things for selfish ambition. And let our hearts be pure and our hands clean that we truly want to help people. Let us reduce the crab and the barrel syndrome so that we can literally come up together. So we open up our hearts and our minds as the Holy Spirit 
will minister to each and every one of those who are open and willing to quickly get our financial houses in order that we will have nothing come not. No matter what it is that you have for the world. We're thanking you, oh dear Lord, for this. We're going out to do these great exploits in your name. And we seal in this prayer with the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. So good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We got Bishop Rasby Mason. We got T. Anthony Money here and Danikia Smith. And so we want to talk about the financial uh, state here. We know that in America, we're having um, what they would consider an exchange or a change of power. And we know that with this um, may come some upset, may not. But what if we could be in a position where it didn't matter? That wouldn't necessarily affect our personal finances. I know that many um, probably have never been taught how to create a financial plan, you know, and they think that it's complicated, where it's, it's just three basic steps. It's not very complicated. And so that we kind of shy away from identifying our goals on what it is that we would like to experience either now, a little bit later, and then way, way later. And then this is the hardest part, evaluating our situations, being real with our situations, looking around and saying, you know what? I got a lot of debt, I have a lot of student loans, or I have, you know, I don't have a home, or, you know, um, I didn't even start really investing for retirement, but I want to, you know, invest for right now, because people think that investing can be a hustle, like, you know, you can earn money, but investors will always tell you, it's for long haul, even if you see quick return, um, you're looking to reinvest those returns so that it can compound and really grow. So evaluating our situations are, are something that most people avoid, just like the dentist. And then now create basic steps that we take and stick to those steps. Something as simple as writing a budget or have you. You know, it, it, it's something that has been overlooked way too long. And these are some of the basic steps that are keeping many Americans down. Let's talk about this. Uh, Bishop, you you were first in in the uh, on the stage. I want the audience to go ahead and uh, you know raise your hand. Let's talk on this morning. Uh, T. Anthony Money, he's new here, but he's very familiar with this. We've worked with each other for years. He he has a powerful testimony of financially turning around, and also Denikia, who um, has a horrendous story of I mean, 80k in in, in um, student loan debt wiped out because of really taking a look at these things. And I know that many people in the audience may be in process. It's okay for you to go ping some more people, but I want you to start raising your hand because we want to help you in any area you need, whether you got to identify the goals, you're not even sure where to start, whether you are are not really clear on the value, but painful, it's painful to evaluate your current situation and list steps to take. And I know we got a lot of millionaire um, clubhouses right now, but I know majority of the people are not millionaires in the audience. The stats say so. And I was one of those stats and have changed my life dramatically. So I'm here to serve. Bishop, good morning. God bless you. How are you? Doing well. Thank you so much. How are you, Dr. Nicola? I'm amazing on today. I wanted to really switch up according to what's happening right now um, in, in, in the nation. 
There are people I have seen uh, post um, in even some groups that, I mean, I know my, my, I know my little brown face. They can see my brown face. I never hide my brown face, but I don't know if they like say, hey, she might be on the team. I don't know what it is, but I've seen some crazy stuff out here that's planned, and many people um, in the audience have no clue of the um, sinister plans that's in place that even if it may not come to your state, your city, that you may not be able to go earn money the way that you were. And if you don't have enough money, when they keep saying the stimulus check is on the way, and even when it gets there, you're like way far behind. What, what do you, what do you, because you, you've seen this, you, you're, you are a pastor, you've shepherded people for many years. Can we talk about this this morning? Most definitely so. And again, thank you, as always, for this great opportunity and this platform. Uh, certainly, um, you and I have talked about this even privately about you know, the sinister things that are taking place and the undercurrents, but uh, there are some apparent things above surface that's happening as well. Um, our nation is certainly in turmoil, and we're in the midst of a great political transition. Wherever there's transitioning, there's always going to be trepidation. However, I believe that there is something greater that's taking place, and you've been tapping on it for the last couple of weeks. There is a transfer that's happening. Uh, but we can't sit back and be foolish and believe that the transfer is simply going to be transferred unto those that are not prepared to receive it. And so financial freedom is so necessary now. And just to take it back off of those scriptures um, that you gave us on this morning, because this is the same concept that I pretty much basically teach my people in every area. Uh, when Proverbs speaks of the fact that you have to prepare work without and make it fit for thyself uh, in the field and afterwards uh, thine house. Now, what's interesting is the word prepare in the Hebrew actually means to plan. And when he talks about building, he's talking about performing. But when he talks about preparing, he's talking about planning. And so what happens is many times we try to build something as the Gospel of Luke says, without counting the cost, which means we didn't have a plan in place. And so what I'm teaching my people during this particular time is to do proper planning. Proper planning produces proper results. And when you fail to plan, you've already planned to fail. And as it relates to financial freedom, I believe that starts with us. It starts with a mindset. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, and I believe personal financial freedom is, is subjective as well, because what Freedom means to one person, it doesn't mean to the other. And as I even said on yesterday, when you gave us uh, the subject matter for yesterday, even though it's freedom, it's not free. It costs somebody something. And for you to partake of it, it's going to cost you something as well. Personally, what it cost me to begin to get my finances in order, it cost me my mindset. I had to literally lose my mind, that old mind that, uh, consisted of a want bug, always wanting something, but not necessarily needing what I was wanting mm. and, and not desiring to be debt free more than I desire to be in debt. Because again, sometimes it's because of where you come from. Of course, I grew up in the hood. I, as I said before, on the same stage, I, I grew up as a dope boy, accumulating things the wrong way, but then of course, never having any other alternative. And so, therefore, I continue to try and keep up with certain people, a lifestyle, looking rich, as we call hood rich, mm -hmm. uh, but not really having anything that was uh, substantive. So, therefore, 
I had to come to the place where I realized that if I was going to be a true man of character, I had to put myself in a position to get on the path to financial freedom, doing what was necessary to get there, making the hard choice, the sacrificing, but also thinking about the generations that are coming after me. For the Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And so I shifted my mindset from just trying to survive into thriving. And, and, And that's a difficult thing because, again, when you are used to surviving, you become a survivalist. And so when I began to do that, I began to see things change and shift for me uh, for the better. And so I say this to believers particularly, but to everybody, because we minister to everybody on this platform, that if you rely on this world system without understanding that it is a system, and even as, again, you you pointed me towards, which has blessed my life, uh, Tony Robbins' book, um, uh, um, Money Master, um, understanding that game. Yeah, Money Master that. the game. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, understanding that it is just that, a game. That's right. Um, either you're going to be a player or you're going to be a pawn. But if you are going to really succeed in this particular economy and in this system, you've got to master that particular game. And so what I say to people is we have to know how to be of this world but not, uh, excuse me, in this world, but not of this world, which means let's master the game. Mm-hmm. But let's understand the master of the game. Yep. And know that we are seated in heavenly places, which means we're in a place that's loftier than anything that's taking place on the surface. And I found that anytime I've been on a plane, Dr. Nicole and I conclude with this, I'm, I'm at a high enough altitude that when I look down, things look much smaller. And so when I look from heaven's perspective, I'm able to see things minimized as opposed to maximized and magnified, and I'm able to handle them better through the proper plan and proper preparation. I pray that added value. Thank you so much for allowing me to share. Absolutely. Rules of the game. You know, Bishop, let me tell you about rules of the game. Um, I, I share my experience on how I was invited over to Malaysia to learn business, and um we the the learning is an experiential learning. It's not necessarily um, we do use textbooks, but the learning is experiential learning, not just lecture learning. And you experience it, so they're taking you through these particular exercises where now what you learn just becomes a part of who you are because you you went through it. And so the first step that was always taught. Most people hop in games and just start playing. I'm talking about whatever it is, business, money, when it comes to now even like investing, they might hear a, a piece of a, a piece of information and act off the piece of information, not understanding the background of even how the piece of information came to whatever the stage or whatever. And I'm listening even in many of the clubhouses, and I know that there's always a business behind a business, right? Any business there is, everyone should always say, what's the business behind the business? There's always a foundation to every business, and within that foundation, you would always have the instructions to the entire thing. Most people don't understand the rules of the game. I've even seen, even with networking, we, we have this thing, network marketing. No one ever, they jump in, And no one teaches how to network or how to market, but people like I'm in a business and they're wondering why they fail. I was even taught 
even inside of the rules of the game, like your network equals your net worth. This is what they're saying. Your network equals your net worth. And what we were talking at one day, it didn't even matter about how many people you know. It's about who knows you by name, right? And in networking, I shared, I, I think, I'm wondering who was I talking to about saying, hey, I can remember Dr. Monroe as a mentee of his. And, and this all leads to you, you building up your, your financial house. It really does. Because if your network equals your network, sometimes you can cut off a piece of your network just because you, you don't know how to network. <laughs> like, and that could have been like a big key to your network. He would do this process, and I think I shared this before, where year one, whole year one, you're with him, and he's looking at attendance of how often are you showing up to different, because he wants to know, do you understand the game you're in? Do you understand your environment you're in, right? How are you going to act? Some people, they might see like, they act like kids at a candy store. They see stuff, they automatically start touching, eating, whatever. So he would say, first year, you come and you're really pretty much observing and you're following and shadowing, you're learning and you're in process. And he taught us through his books. And the next thing he would do is year number two, not until year number two, would he open up pieces of the network to you. He'll make introductions. He will make the introductions. And it wasn't about control. It was about order, right? He made the introductions based off of maybe maybe what you asked him, what whatever, and then he would make introductions. And then year number three, he literally opens up his entire Rolodex. Now, this has now created lifelong friendships, networks, that many of these people, you're never going to see them on Facebook, Instagram, nowhere. But they're huge. The same thing was taught to me in that same kind of nuance through Dame D.C. Cordova. Now, these are high-level people. These are people, Dr. Monroe would, would train uh, kings and queens, bankers from Switzerland, uh, all these things. So it was like at a way higher level. And then now, but he taught us how to create those networks to increase our network. What people don't understand is there's one place that money comes from, from people. And while we're talking about building our financial house, you can never be afraid to ask for the help that you need. Right? But when we start talking about this plan, the plan, identifying the goals, like not about only how much money you want to earn, but where are you actually trying to end up? Because what I found is that when I started first just only identifying my goals monetarily, only monetarily, without what did I want to experience along with those goals, I ended up with things that came along with the money that I really didn't want. But when you look at the ending result of the whole facet of what do you want to experience as far as your goal, like, yeah, you want to earn a certain amount of money, but what do you, how do you want to experience that money? Do you want to be running ragged from sunup to sundown? Do you want to be um, getting there where, like, we have some people that roll that whole celebrityism side, and then now when they get there, they're like, oh, this is so yucky, no real friends, no real relationships, nothing like that. Or do we want to feel like, you know, you have some people who build wealth and they, they'll, they'll ask you like, okay, well, do you want to feel like cool and you're just chilling out on a beach and, you know, you're, you're doing campfires and whatever, and then like your bank account is just exploding? How do you want, what's the goal? How do you want to experience, what do you want to experience? 
like with me, I always wanted I wanted to be where I can do it when I if I want to turn it all the way up and I want to go and live at you know go to most luxurious hotel or resort in the in the world I can do so. But if I just want to sit home and cook some collard greens with my mom and sit out on the couch and laugh with her as she go crazy with the politics or whatever, I want to do so like what I'm doing today. But I don't want to have to worry if mom says, you know, Nikki, I would love to do so and so, and I'll say, mom, that's okay. Raise four children. My, okay, whatever it is you want, I can do that. Snap of a button. What are the goals? What do you really want to experience as you're opening up and coming in on today? And then let's evaluate your real situation that's going to take a real load off of you, off of trying to act like you're somewhere where you're not, or maybe saying, you know, I'm not there. I want to know what the first steps are. And then say, you know what? I'm spending a lot of money, but I never even really did a clear budget. Don't worry. Tons of people didn't. I didn't at times. And then now we can identify some steps you can take. This is what we're doing on today. We got to make sure your financial house is together. Danikia, um, I'm going to have T-Money talk. Danikia was telling us, uh, she texted, I think, D.R. Horton, that I know that company. I know several people that worked with them, and they just totally halted uh, building homes in Georgia, huge. What's up with that? I remember that crazy halt in 2007 with me when we were smack dab in the middle of the real estate game. And it's not about how much money you were earning. It was how much money were you managing and keeping and compounding. Huge difference. And it could have taken us under had I not hopped in another industry that was for right now that I could move and, and make up for, I would say, the time and mistakes that I've made. Team Money, welcome. You've been on Clubhouse for a while. You just set up yourself. We got to come in. This is my bro. My little bro, I can tell you. Tell us about the financial house in order. Because you, when we, when we met, you tell your story. And then tell us, like, what happened when you started really just switching out? Because you come from that celebrity life, too. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, Nicole, even bringing me on the platform this morning, you know, just super excited this morning. But, you know, a lot of people, you know, you may, you may know me, but you don't know my story. And, you know, like she said, you know, you know, growing up in, in Dayton, Ohio, you know, I, I've seen a lot of money. You know, my fa- my family even dibbled in, you know, uh, the drug came and different stuff. My dad, like, like the gentleman said earlier, you know, a lot of my, the people I looked up to was drug dealers because they made a lot of money, they looked good, and they had a lot of women. And, you know, young boys, that's what we see, and we like, that's what we want. But, you know, I took a different path. I actually went to college, finished college, you know, um, got into the music industry, you know, um, got got pretty far. And then I realized that, you know, that industry really wasn't for me. And that's when, you know, networking fell into my lap. And when it fell into my lap, you know, I became successful in it. But I'm going to tell you now, you know, my money still was, I was making money, but I didn't know what to do with the money. And I know that. You know, Nicola teaches that, you know, money doesn't have instructions. And when something doesn't have instructions, you start to abuse it. And I'm not going to lie, I abused a lot of money in the past. And then, you know, I learned about credit. I came into this credit industry and, you know, I was able, you know, to get myself in order, start getting my money in order, started making more money than I ever made in my life. You know, I even talk about, I even, you know, the other day I text Nicola, I said, Nicola, you know, I've been, I make, I've been making six figures for three years, but this year, past year, I made multiple, multiple six figures. And I'm like, you know, moving into that million-dollar ca- category, 
you know, my whole life has changed. I'm also new to investing. You know, I, I didn't invest a lot, you know, when I started making money, but I'm, I'm new to investing. You know, I'm starting to read more books. I'm starting to, you know, really take my money to the next level, you know, get my retirement in order. And, you know, even working on my mom's retirement. It's a lot of things that you can learn you know, about money, what to do with money, getting your money in order, making sure that you got money even when you retire or you get disabled, something happened to you, you still got money working for you even when you're in your sleep. I remember the Nikki used to say, let's get some of pajama money. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, T-Money, you, you had shared and you was like, you know, Nicola, before you, you were in networking, but you were like, I didn't know leadership. And I always trained that the leadership is the highest paid position. And that's in anything. That's not just in networking, in anything, in anything. In anything, that's the highest paid position. So you, you something switched, because I know you and I have been working together for years now, and something switched. And the whole idea of, hey, listen, people who work with me, I'm like, I'm not with that look rich but ain't rich. I'm not with that look like we got money but ain't really nothing happening behind closed doors, meaning not owning any real estate, not owning anything, not having assets, you know what I mean, like really liability rich, asset poor. And so how did that change for you from first understanding leadership and then number two, begin to understand like, you know what, I've got to get my finances together behind closed doors. Because there's some people that even offer financial services or even sell homes, but they don't own a home or they don't even have their finances in order. Am I am I am I telling the truth this morning? Always. <laughs> you know, when it when it changed for me, not only when I when I started making money or I got into networking, like you said, I didn't know leadership. You know, I was ignorant on fire the way I ran ran my team in the beginning. It was it was it was horrible. You know, but I didn't have nobody teaching me how to do it as well. I didn't have nobody to follow. The mentorship really wasn't in place. And guess what? I had to grow and learn as I go. And when I got, you know, under your leadership and mentorship, you know, you really keyed and honed in on leadership. Like, in order to be a great leader, you got to create the atmosphere for other people to grow. you got to help other people develop. And that's the way you're going to be able to duplicate your own success. And that's when it changed for me. And what really changed the financial game for me is when I first got started four years ago in my new company. And immediately when I got started having success, my grandmother passed away and she she passed away broke. And I told myself and I told God, I said, you know, I don't want to ever be in a situation to where my mother is in the same situation or when I die, I'll be in the same situation too. And that's when I took this thing to the next level when I really, really started upgrading, up-leveling my leadership because I knew I wasn't the only person I was responsible Mm. responsible for a lot of other people's success as well. And that's that's when I had that turning point. That's when I had that epiphany and I really, 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 really started becoming a leader. Now you, that's what I was waiting on. I don't always want to bring every point. There's other people that's depending on you being successful. Right now, when people are saying, I'm a first-generation six-figure or seven-figure or eight-figure earner, whatever it is, that just simply means maybe there were some points that was missed in the generation before. But we were a chosen people right now because the opportunity for people to become millionaires it's so bad. 
And it's not about the millionaire, how we perceive it, like, oh, wow, Pastor Grey Poupon kind of thing. We're talking about having access to manage resources at a much higher level. And you talked about credit. I was in the financial retreat in Whistler, Canada, where Ray Dalio, who's one of the largest hedge fund managers, was a trainer. It was six days being trained by six billionaires from Tony Robbins' financial retreat. And the only way you could even be invited to the retreat is you had to have that minimum, the level of the $85,000 um, uh, membership with him, and then you still had to pay a $10,000 food stipend, and then now you get in this room with about 300 high net worth people, and this is where they say that 75% of the economy was ran by credit. And I'm looking in the room, and they were, you know, we all were networking, and no one was really in the industry of credit, and I'm saying, wait a minute. This is something that's so overlooked that we have so many Americans with less than perfect credit, and I'm not shooting this pitch on credit. I'm saying if you have a person that is one of the largest hedge fund managers, and they say that in in 75%, three quarters of the economy is ran by credit. If you don't have credit, then you're not leveraging other people's money properly. And now you have a lot more money going out the door that should be managed and compounded. And then if you don't have money and you have credit, you're still left out of a lot of opportunities because the bigger opportunities may require both. And then if you don't have both, the whole gap between the have and the have not is spreading. And that's my mission, to connect the dots between the have and the have not. And I want you, if you haven't, go to NicolaSmithJackson.com and go and get the five power moves that wealthy people make in a downturn in the economy. If you haven't done that already, go get it. As well as I have like a free, uh, you know, budgeting tips that really work because most people don't have that budget. And then you got to identify that. I want to bring in somebody from, you're going to have Danikia come in, but I have somebody here on Blog Talk. Uh, 804 last four forty two nineteen. Are you ready? Good morning. We'd love to hear you. We can hear you on Clubhouse everywhere. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Dr. Nicola. How are you doing today? I'm amazing. Clubhouse, can you hear her okay? Yes. Perfect. All right. So what's your name and what's the question that you might have? Because there's an urgency. I've been talking about it, but now I just got to get like straight to it, straight to it, right? I'm not even, I'm not even sugarcoating it. We've got to get the financial house in order because it may get extremely good for some people. And when that happens, it's going to get extremely not so good for a large amount of people. So how can we help you? Um, This is Kiwanda. I'm out of Richmond, Virginia, Kiwanda Young. Um, The question that I have is, um, uh, first of all, I want to say thank you for this this awesome platform because – this is nothing but God because this is what God has been dealing with me with, with my finances and getting my finances in order. And um, I just need to know, like, where to start. I've been doing, like, a lot of reading and researching, talking to a couple people um, about saving because I never saved money. I've always had money and just paid what I needed to pay, never saved money. Um, and with doing that, I was messing up my accounts because I was overdrawing my accounts, not looking mm-hmm. at my accounts, not looking at what's in there, what I got to pay for the month, where I'm at, none of that. Not even, in, you know, within um, investing some of my money as well. So 
I just be like like a starting point. Like where should I start? Like start off first, and then where okay. should I? The first thing you want to do is see. This is what I'm talking about. It's like I felt your heart. You 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 were you and many people like you. Is like I feel it. Like I know there's so many people out here like you that say. I'm reading, but I'm still like afraid. Like, I don't know, like, what's the, the way that I can kind of crystallize this as far as my first step. And the first thing you want to do is I tell people is um, identify what do you really, what do you really want? And, and, and that's like a hard question, but it's not so much. It's saying, hey, do you want to be financially free? Do you want to stop going into overdraft? Say that. I want to stop going into overdraft. Don't make it all fancy. I want to stop. Whatever it is that you're doing that's giving you an adverse effect, start writing those statements and say, I no longer want to go into overdraft. I no longer, just three little statements start there because that's going to now prime your mind to actually take the right action of a budget. The budget is this. I tell people, we have a budget, you know, you can use, you can go and even then get your financial lit here. Before we even start saving and all that, we got to know what, how much money is coming in and then how much money is going out. You got to know that. And the how much money is coming in, calculate all of it. You know, if you have a job, you have a side hustle, you have child support, whatever the income is coming in. And I would look at it over the last 90 days because sometimes you have income that fluctuates. Some people create budgets off of their highest month of income. And I, if I were, I mean, if me, I like to go below. I like to like create bigger goals. I would go off my lowest, but I would go average if you can. Add them up, divide them by three, and whatever that number is, that's the income you start with that budget. Now, when you start going into what you owe, Put those things that you owe, especially with interest, those interest mm-hmm. payments, because I see people miscalculate that all the time. If I say put your credit card statements or your payments in there, they're putting the minimum balance. That's like creating a huge lasting effect and you're paying way too much interest. They're not thinking about amortization schedule. That means like over time, how much interest did you really pay? And sometimes you would have paid for whatever it was three, four, five, six times. And it was something that you wanted, but that you didn't even need it. And it's killing your bottom line, right? Okay. This is the time to get real skinny. I'm like, you know, um, even right now, my, my personal shopper, one of my personal shoppers, he sent me some pictures of some Giuseppe's. They 50% off. I said, child, I ain't going nowhere right now. I'm not going anywhere right now. All this money is going into investing. And the idea of, I don't have to run credit with that like I do and paid off. But it's in that standpoint of I might have wanted it, but I don't need it. That's at my level. What is it that you don't really need? I mean, that you need, but you don't, you know, but you're not really putting that as a priority. Many times our priorities are not at the top of our want list. There's a huge contradiction and we want financial freedom, and we need financial freedom, but the things we do is opposite that. So you go and you start that budget, and I want you to include, go in that same 90 days of your bank statement, and I need mm-hmm. you to pull everything that you spent. Because we would put our bills, but we're not paying attention that our lifestyle may be costing us more than our bills. Those pull-ups okay. to Chick-fil-A, those pull-ups to, to Starbucks, those pull-ups to, you know what I mean? Those when we go into the gas station to go get gas and we spent 20 extra dollars, just look at your habit. 
So you're going to see your patterns there in okay. those 90 days. And add up all of that and then look at what you have left over. Some people, even when they look at their credit, how much they owe in credit cards, it's like way more than what they earn per month. And they're not even realizing that just because it's credit is running balances. You might owe, I mean, you might make $5,000 a month and then you got 10,000 worth of credit card balances running every month. That is a train wreck. If you're using credit to make more money, make sure that whatever your return on that investment of that credit is more than what you're paying because you got to mm-hmm. think, I got to go into profit. You got to think, how is it profiting me? That's why I did that vision of profit challenge to say, so many of us are doing so many things that just really don't profit. And we got to think profit. That's how America works. You know, there's a, a, a documentary called The Men Who Built America, where people could understand capitalism. The men who built America. And they will understand, like, they're fighting, they're mean, they're whatever. You got to understand, just like what Bishop said, the masters who are, like, setting up the rules, you got to know how they think if you even want to be in the game, let alone win in the game. You got to know okay. how they think. And so I want you to start there with the budget. And then mm-hmm. now we can say, guess what's going to come up? Normally it's going to say, I need to earn more money. And you say, well, how can I earn money the fastest without needing that much additional education or money to earn that money? And identify some businesses, whether your gift talents will have you to say, I need to be able to earn this money. And then now hit me up, inbox me, and let's get you ready. Because I know okay. that there are going to be some children that are going to be hungry, and we're going to start running these GoFundMe's, and the people who start to GoFundMe is going to be needing money. And I'm already seeing it happening, and it's happening faster than we could ever imagine. Thank you so much. Danikia, would you, you like to go from there? God bless you. We got a few more people in this queue. Danikia, would you like to go in? What would you like to add? Because you were able to pay off like five-figure student loan debt by doing just like simply what I shared with this young lady, and now you're you're going into overflow, and now you can scale from there. What would you like to share this morning? Oh, thank you so much, um, Nicola. There is so much I would like to share. I first want to even speak from the standpoint of who are we listening to and getting advice from right now in this season. I used to work in the banking industry as a fraud investigator where I was able to see high credit lines. But I have to think about while I was managing these accounts with high limits and helping people to manage risk when it came to their credit, I didn't even understand credit. I have the education in accounting. I have the MBA, but nobody sat down and said, listen, this is how credit is even calculated. And so even if you have just a bank account or you have a banker that you're used to at your branch, you have to understand they are only taught whatever it is that they need to know in order to do their job. So while I was able to handle these large accounts and people's finances, I still didn't know the back end worth of how do these people even get these high limits of $50,000 and $60,000? Is this real? But, you know, again, I'm just taught to do the job. Um, Another thing that came to my mind is the wake-up calls that we have. When our accounts go into overdraft or when our credit is nearing the limit, we get alerts. We get alarmed, meaning as consumers, you were notified that your account is going into overdraft. I was notified that those student loans had came out of deferment 
and I had been taught, hey, you know, you're going to die with student loans. You know, student loan debt is good debt. Don't worry about it. Defer them by however long you need to do so. And that's what I was doing until I got that wake-up call, that alert, that said your student loans are now out of deferment. In order to defer them again, you need to take these steps. Well, I took the steps. Well, the student loan department made an error on their end that resulted in 12 late payments hitting my credit report. And for me, that was my wake-up call to even just log in and check the balances. Sometimes when we get these alerts, we're just like, oh, you know, it's there. They'll get it when I have it. And we kind of just sweep it under the rug and try to say, like, out of sight, out of mind. Well, for me, that made me log in and let me truly see what that debt is. Now, while I did pay off $80,000 in student loan debt, that's not how much my schooling cost. That was the interest that added mm. on top of that student loan debt mm. for all those years of putting it in deferment. Because people don't also share with you, yeah, you may defer it, but it's still going to add up. That interest will hit your, uh, your account at one point. It's just delayed. And so that made me come up with a game plan to say, hey, I'm getting out of this debt. I'm making the income, and sometimes, you know, people will make the income. They have the money, but, again, they say out of sight, out of mind. They don't want to address the issues. I came up with a game plan in 2018. I was going to get out of that debt, and literally every single month, as my income was rolling in, I was paying off thousands and thousands of dollars through the loan debt every single month. And I documented the journey. And so if you are that person that has a ton of debt and you have some things you need to address, document the journey. You don't even know who you could expire because you're taking those steps to do so. It is about to get very, very, very hard financially for a lot of people. And unless we address the elephant in the room, address your issues, pull out all that debt and look at it for what it is and come up with a game plan, it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> In these next coming months. So powerful. You know, there there that debt that debt will 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 hurt you, right? So what I what I would like you to do is think about if you have debt out there, it doesn't matter how small, how big, um, there are two ways you can do it. There's there's two very simple ways to decide where do I start with paying off the debt. You could either do the avalanche effect, and what that is is simply looking at the debt that you have and whichever um, you know, that you have to have the highest interest rate because that's eating up your stuff, the highest interest rate. You pay that down first. And now when you pay off that money, then now you use that money to pay off the next debt that have the highest interest rate. Or you can do the snowball effect and you can think about it. If these are, it's not hard for you to remember if you think about avalanches, this big thing that starts breaking down, right? So you think about, the snowball effect and how the snowballs get started, something small, and then now you keep rolling and get bigger. So you can start off either with the smallest debt and say, I'm going to pay that debt off first, and then I'm going to use the money that I use to pay off that debt, and I'm going to apply it to the next debt that I need to pay off. Now, what this happens is after you budget, because after you budget, you know how much money you have to do this. So you can say, okay, now you're releasing money to where you're more favorable to use other people's money whether it's the credit that you need to use responsibly. Later on, we can talk about like infinite banking on a whole nother thing because some people like they hear these things and it sounds so sexy. It sounds like, oh, infinite banking and oh, investing in crypto and whatever. But we're not even keeping up with our basic bills. And what you want to know is that if you 
start losing money, which in any investment space, you're going to have an opportunity to lose. Some of us can't afford to lose. We got to organize and loosen up some money. We have to loosen up some of the cash and begin to know how we maneuver. If you don't know how to maneuver with cash or have a relationship with cash at a small level, when you start trying to play with the big boys and you don't even know the rules of the game at the lower level, you know, then all of a sudden here comes these these, these, these stories that you're like, that's not what they were talking about on that stage. Yeah, because they assume that you already were at that level, that you already knew the rules of the game, that you should already have a budget, you should already have a whatever. Do you know how many people I've talked to in, um, in other nationalities that a 750 score to them is low? They looking at 800, 850 scores. And then we're in some communities where they think they got a 680 and they think that they rolling high. And it's just a perspective. And that person is like, listen, I'm not paying interest. Everything I buy is zero interest. My cars are zero interest, whatever. So with us, we buy our cars out of our infinite bank. But we, we would think like, well, they already assuming you already at least know the basics. 67% of the world is financially literate. I was on a, a call and it was people from all over the world. This is not a U.S. problem. But U.S. sets the stage. And if we keep having the people who are at the bottom keep falling further and further in the slippery slope into the bottom, I'm like having visions that I'm saying, Lord, is this really what's going to happen? What do I need to do? And he tells me to do things like this. Create these forums with somebody just talking real talk. I'm not going to try to be fancy with you because not having enough money, no matter how beautiful your social media feed is, is not, that's not, that's not beautiful. And I have to be the one, be me, be Nikki to say, come on, I can help you. I can help you. I've helped plenty of people by first helping them say, you got to face the challenge that we're having and don't act like you're not included because the statistics say that most everyone that's listening right now is included. They say they, they, they already done did this. They did the statistics. When you applied for those loans that they did not qualify for, guess what they also did? They gathered data. They know how much money you earn versus how much money you owe. They already know what your credit score is. That's all data. You thinking you're just applying for a home or a car. They also were able to gather data. They ask you questions. Pay attention to every application that you fill out. They want to know what's your gender. They want to know what's your age. They want to know what's your ethnicity. This is data. This is data. And so now they're able to compile a story around particular ethnicities and ages and colors and all these things. And then now they decide this is how we get to treat you because this is what the data says. This is what the data says. Good morning, Abdul. And we're going to hit on into um, 803-4-7561. We're going to come back into you in the blog talk. Good morning, Abdul. I know you're in an entire different country, and that's why I want this viewpoint from you on how does it work around financial illiteracy and um, in where you are in a part of the world. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, this is a very, very touchy topic for me because... I grew up. Um, I grew up in Nigeria, and I had a very, very toxic relationship with money growing up. My parents never really thrived; they survived. So it's like living paycheck to paycheck, 
literally every month and there were months my my dad and my mom would go without getting paid salaries so they had to like get in debt get loans so i never really i mean this is my seventh year in business but um i never really understood credit i never really understood leverage until like uh 2018 yeah 27 late 2017 early 2018 and this is where i'm very very big on i call it there's a process i call like wealth immersion that is moving with people that are wealthier than you are and like investing in yourself and that's why i'm very very big on joining masterminds having a coach so i never really understood i mean i i i made my first million dollar when i was 19. but i never really like had a grasp of okay this is how to like control my money i i mean i'm like the first generation millionaire in my family mm-hmm. Naira, in dollars like i'm the first and it was one of the reasons i had to leave nigeria because the environment I had people that were like, I was like the smartest amongst my age range. In my family, there's no one I can go to and be like, I have this financial uh, issue I want us to talk about. Like, So I had to start moving with people that were doing way, way better than I was doing. I had to start joining masterminds. And it's very, very painful actually because I made a lot of mistakes. Um, I'll have months that I just go, I get complacent. And this is me just being vulnerable. I, like, I get, clumsy, I mm-hmm. get complacent to the extent that, okay, I make money. Let's say we do a million dollars. At months, we were doing a million dollars monthly because it was in e-com before I had my pilot. So, like, we're doing a million dollars monthly, and I'll be like, yeah, we can do more. But what happens after you make money? Like that's why I'm very, very that's why I tell people that to make money is the easiest part of the equation. Mm-hmm. Like knowing what to do once you make the money, keeping and growing the money, that's where the problem really lies. Mm-hmm. Right? Like and in a situation where in every it, it also puts like a target on your back. Like everyone is looking up to you that okay, you want to give them money and stuff and they don't try to understand all of that. So mm-hmm. for me, financial freedom is actually uh, in necessity, not in luxury, but um, financial freedom comes from the knowledge of what to do with the money. And that's mm-hmm. why I say, like, you need to be enlightened before you even have money. Like, if you do not get that knowledge before you make money, you still are the same person. It's like saying, well, a blind man, once he sees, is um, going to have the most fun. I mean, if you don't familiarize with people that will take you around and will tell you the right places to be. You might fall into a ditch even yep. when you start seeing and yep. you blind men. So it's it's still something I'm working on. And I mean, that's why I surround myself with very, very influential people. I can't say I'm 100% an expert when it comes to like um, growing the wealth, right? Like. I can't say I'm 100% an expert when it comes to that topic because, um, <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's, 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 it's a very, very painful situation. But then, I mean, the best thing one can do is just 
try to learn and pay the best people to like guide you when it comes to that topic. Because for me, uh, I'm good when it comes to making money. It's like the easiest thing for me to do. I know, okay, it's down to the numbers. Uh, this is how much I need to make. This is the product. This is the offer I need to put out. I'm persuasive when it comes to that. I'm good when it comes to marketing, generating leads and all of that. But when it actually comes to that, keeping and growing money. So it, it was very, very, okay. Um, one of the first things I did, and this is not financial advice to anyone, but one of the first things I did was I started learning how to like ensure that if I make a dollar, I can turn that dollar into $10, even in my sleep. So I had to start looking for wealth-growing assets that I can put my money into. And one of my assets right now is like crypto. I have some coins, some bitcoins. I have some uh, Ethereum. I have some funds that I invest in. I have some stocks that I bought. So like, still, when it comes to like the entire stuff, what, the first thing one needs to repair is your mindset because what you can't envision in your mind, you can't create in reality. Mm-hmm. And if you are unable to like see it first in your mind and you're able to like bring it down from your mind to concrete, um, the concrete view, I mean, there's no way you would be able to succeed. So uh, my advice to anyone listening to this right now is Regardless of your age range, regardless of what it is you're doing, move with people that are very, very successful. It rubs off on you. I mean, when you're thinking of doing uh, $100,000 and you see someone in your circle thinking of doing $200 million, now you're like, whoa, I'm thinking small. And be, do not be um, afraid to ask for help. I think our ego gets into the way. Uh, most times when we are like, let's, uh, to be vulnerable about money. This this subject is something people don't like discussing in public. But, I mean, if you don't talk about money, how do you get to money? Like, if you don't talk about it, there's no way you'll get to it. There's no way you'll make it. And it's very, very important. Um, 99% of your problems will be solved with money. The remaining 1% will be solved with your mind. So if you don't get your money right, you would one be stressed out like literally everything we need food to get your food you need money to get comfort you need money if we look at the Maslow's hierarchy of needs literally all the most important needs we have we need to have money to get it right so it's very very important the necessity but then it's not just getting money it is all about how to now keep and grow your money, right? So if you don't start learning about money right now, when it comes into your hands, you lose it. Yep. A fool and his wealth are soon departed. Right? Mm-hmm. So if you don't learn about money, that's why we see lottery winners. They come into money and they just blow through it immediately, right? Like they make the money and boom, it's all gone because they invested in things that don't even as any return for them. So it's not really about making money because for me, I feel like it's the easiest thing. Mm-hmm. All you need to do is um, provide a solution, place it before people with a unique problem that are willing to pay 
premium for that problem to be solved. And then you really put it before them. So, but if you can make money, it's fine. But if you don't know how to keep and grow your money, you're in for a root shock. Mm-hmm. And part of this is, um, I don't know if we can talk about this, but sometimes people are always itchy on the issue of taxes. And yes. We'll get there. <laughs> Absolutely, Abdul. We got to get there because we, we're taking them on a journey. Because, like, the scary part is you said something like making money is easy. Some people haven't even passed that milestone to where they get to the place that making money is easy. And then they want to hop all the way on. Now, not that it takes a long time before you start making money and investing money in and whatever. No, it can happen simultaneous. But what I've found is when people don't even understand money at all, then their thought processes around it can literally leave them. Like, for instance, if someone earns $100,000 a month, but they spend $97,000 a month, and none of that is going into things that are growing, they're still left with $3,000 a month. Well, that's the same thing as someone who only earns $6,000 a month and they spend $3,000 a month, they're left with $3,000 a month. Now, in our eyes, that person who earned $100,000 a month, they're a millionaire, but they're netting $3,000 a month. So the same person who's netting $3,000 a month who only earns $6,000 a month, if they both put that $3,000 in the same vehicles that earn the same interest, they would still end up with the same amount of money. And people, no one's cheering at them. And this other person looks like, oh, wow, we got it all going on. And I noticed that with a lot of first-generation seven-figure earners. I've seen more. I mean, network marketing creates the most self-made millionaires to date as an industry. I'm sure e-commerce may supersede that because you have a lot of other people knowing that this is something that's doable. But for ages, it has. And But the, the thought process is around that money when it doesn't come with instructions I can see destruction happening extremely quickly with many changes that may happen um, in our in our nation in our world right now. And I just feel like I got to speak out about it because I'm 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 on a lot of these platforms and I'm not hearing the clarion call on we must get real with this because it's going to simply make a huge a much larger divide. We think we had a 95.5% divide. It's probably going to go to like a 297 I know that with Blog Talk, hey, guys, we're going to be right with you. We'll see you on tomorrow. Um, But I know with with Blog Talk, 